0: place. Christianity is about conversion. Conversion means there is a life change in this person's life. It is just not a religious exercise. It is just not a philosophy. It's not just imagination of some people or some kind of deliberation that takes place. The the Christian faith that we're talking about is a life-changing faith. And there needs to be a change in the person's life. And in a short while, we'll talk about the life of Apostle Paul. So Let me just make sure we got this here together, so please excuse me, all right? We're learning technology. Am I on the right page, my brother? Okay. Um. Oh, there it is. Okay. Good, good. Just to give you a review of where we were last Sunday, we talked about Galatians. The book of Galatians was was written to the churches in Galatia. This was the churches where Paul visited on his journey to share the gospel with them. And the whole story behind this was that there were problems taking on in the churches because at one point they embraced the gospel, but then now things have changed just after less than 10 years. All of a sudden you hear the fact that they were questioning the gospel that was shared with them. Not only that, they were questioning even the person who shared it with them, which is the Apostle Paul. So the question that you and I have to be discussing even this morning is the gospel that we find in the scriptures really reliable. Can we trust even what the Apostle Paul has said? Can we trust the gospel that it hasn't changed? And So last Sunday, remember, there was kind of a, a summary. So let me make sure we, we get this. Um, it's not working for me. Maybe you guys can just... Just from a summary from last Sunday, we said the gospel is enough and no one of us can add anything to the gospel. What is the gospel? That Jesus Christ died for your sins and for my sins. He was buried and he rose again and I can live and be assured that there needs to be no fear about death. Great. Does it work then? Okay. Well, anyway, this is the the gospel series that I will be sharing with you in the book of Galatians. You want to be free, brothers and sisters? You want to be free to live the life that God wants us to be living? You follow with me in the book of Galatians. It's going to talk about a freedom by grace, freedom by faith, freedom in Christ, freedom to be as children of God, freedom to grow and mature, and the last time, freedom to love. If you haven't experienced the freedom that God gives us in our lives, you better go through this series because it will set you free. This is such a freeing study and I can uh, grow together. So let me just give you a summary from last time because you were not if you were not here I just spoke in Galatians 1 1 to10. we said the gospel of Christ is enough and you cannot add anything to the gospel. If you ha- add anything to the gospel then it becomes a false gospel. What else? you cannot distort the gospel by in other words if you if you do something with the gospel, it is an offense to God. God says, You be cursed. If you add anything to that good news that Christ shares, what else? It's the only gospel that saves. Let me put it in a nutshell here. If you think that you can save yourselves by being religious, by following rituals in our lives, by being legalistic, by coming to church, you better learn from the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul says, I was religious. And by the way, all religion, let me put it in a big nutshell. All religion says you can work your way to God. And human beings, all of us human beings, we like that. Why? Because you feel that I got to do something to, or, to gain God's favor. The only religion that tells us the only way to be saved is by grace, is through Christ alone. That is the big difference, all right? You work hard. You be legalistic, do all the religious practices, or you say, all that I do is accept the grace and offer of Christ by faith, and that's it. Every religion falls in this place. If that's where you are, you better learn from the scriptures. Why? If you think you can save yourselves by your good works, even when the time you come to your deathbed, you're not so sure. But you can make it because it's based on your performance. None of us can perform. I cannot. Apostle? Paul, learn from apostle. Paul. You cannot. What else? Because only the Bible says, only to Christ. There's no name under heaven and earth we can be saved except the Lord Jesus Christ. And then notice this: the gospel proves that there will be change in life. So just for review, if you got your Bibles with you, open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because I don't want us to, move, to lose this fact. The People say, what is the gospel? Let's make sure we're all on the same page, because if you're not clear about this, then you won't be clear about all the other teachings we'll be sharing from the pulpit here. What is the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting from verse 1, and the reason why I want you to look to your Bibles, because you know, need to know where to find it, all right? If somebody says, what is the gospel? You better give them an answer. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you receive, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. The only way you can be saved is through the gospel. What is it? If you hold fast to the word, I preach to you. Apostle Paul is speaking here, so we better make sure we also believe in what God has spoken to you, unless you believe in vain. Here is it. Verse 3. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance to what? The scriptures. And that he appeared to uh, 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 and he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time and most uh, and who were still alive, through whom in other words it says What I'm talking to you about, Apostle Paul said, you can check those people. They were there. Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again. Now how do you know if the gospel that is being preached in the church is the pure gospel or not? I'm going to give a challenge for all of you. A lot of you come from different backgrounds in churches too. How do I know if the church I'm going to is the true church or not? Right? There are so many religions today, there are so many denominations. How can you detect if the church that you are going to be a part of is the true church, right? It's a true gospel. You better check if GGCF is true or not. I checked GGCF because I became a part of the church three years ago. I think two years ago, three years ago. I'm getting old here, right? Three years ago. Number one, you check that attitude of the church about the Bible. It says, according to the scriptures. You know what it says there? According to the scriptures, it says... If they say that the Bible is not enough and you need to add somebody else's authority to the Bible, you better beware. Because the Bible should be sufficient. It should be God's authority. If they say, oh, the Bible is okay, but let me add to you another thing to supplement the Bible. Beware. God's word is sufficient for all authority. So you check the attitude. to Oh, some people say, oh, by the way, uh, only part of the Bible is Inspired. Ding, 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 ding. Be careful. You don't know why? They become selective. Even some people, it's weird, but they say this. The only Bible I like to accept in the New Testament is the red letter Bible. You know, the, the only the saints of Christ, for me, that is the only. The other ones are not inspired. Be careful. Because God spoke to men. He inspired them. So what is written here needs to be the word of God. He used them. Because if you become selective, then you reject all the rest that's being said there. Who are you to give the authority to reject the other words that God has spoken through their prophets and the apostles, the Bible tells us? So number one, check the attitude towards the Bible. Does the DGCF speak the word of God? You better make sure that everything preached in the pulpit for the Bible study is based upon the word of God. Second attitude, we, you have to be careful because this is going to help you even as you disciple your children. I should meet other people. You check the attitude towards Jesus Christ. If they say that Jesus Christ is only a man and he's not the son of God, that he's not God, beware. If he says he's only 50% God and 50% man, that is even wrong. He is 100% God. He is 100% man. He came from God because he and the Father are one, but he came because God knew the only way for you and I to be saved is that he had to come as a human being to become the perfect sacrifice for you sins and my sins. Why? Because God loves you so much. He made the way for you and I to be saved. He took the step, not you and me. He was the one. So Jesus Christ is not only a man, but he is 100% God. Amen? So if they say he's only a man, be careful. When he says he's only a small God, he is the almighty God. He and the Father are one. Be careful. If G.G.C.F. tells you that Jesus Christ is only a man, he was a good example, I would run away from this place. Because we're not preaching the Word of God. It's very clear in scriptures. Let me give you a third attitude here. That you have to be careful. What does it say? Their attitude towards salvation. How can one be saved? Only by putting our faith In Jesus Christ alone. That he became that perfect sacrifice. That when he paid for it, it was enough. And you and I cannot add anything to this. If somebody says you can add to that salvation, beware. You will find this over and over. Paul will talk about faith and grace. Over and over again. In other words, none of us can say I deserve this. Only because of God's love, you and I have said today. Okay, Lastly. You check the attitude towards one another. How would you know if a church is really belongs to the Lord? The Bible says, if you my disciples, not only do you love God with all your heart, you're going to love others. One of the signs of a changed life is that that person can love people regardless of who they are. If we become a church that starts to just think of people of our own kind and not reaching to other people out there, we're not changed. There's no difference from the Jews and the Gentiles. The gospel is life-changing to the point where it says, it doesn't matter what your background is. In other words, what God is saying, what's important is not what you are or who you are and what you will be. God says, it's important that I love you and care for you, and you can become the child I want you to be. So don't feel like, well, you know, I came from this background, you know. Why do I look like this? I wish I looked like that person. Listen, it's not about who you are. God is no respecter of person. You know what he looks at all of us? We're all made in the image of God, but we're sinners that only God can save. So we need to check our attitudes towards the Bible. So church, check GGCF. Is our church a loving church that cares for all people? If we start to exclude people from this church, I would be the first person to leave this church. Because the gospel that I know needs to be life-changing. So church, it needs to start here. But let me make sure we understand this. But well, we're not a perfect church, right? If you find a perfect church, we said, don't join that church. You're going to make it imperfect. <laughs> right? So am I, I'm, I. I am still sinful, all right? Sometimes I come to church, I don't feel like coming to church, right? Or sometimes if somebody just did something to me, and I, and I feel like, you know what? But the Bible tells me I should love that person. Why? Because that's what he told me. In the same way, we need to learn to be forgiving and gracious. So check this out. So this is just going to be from last time. In other words, you check the gospel whether it's true or not. And I hope that you will check GGCF. It's our ninth anniversary. And I pray that we will continue the legacy of this church that our desire is to preach the pure gospel of Christ by grace alone. That we will continue to reach out to people out there to say, you know what? If God can change me, he can change you. If he can change that brother over there, he can change you. If you just knew where I, you know what? If God would ask us before we all came from here, we have some bad stories on the back, right? Thank God. God praises that word erase. Right? Delete. No longer counted against me because my past has all been covered. What's important now, God is changing me to the person I can become. Amen. All right, that's Galatians, and no, I think we can close. I think I think my message is good enough, right? Now let's look at Galatians chapter one, right? That's a review. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this because I just feel like we live in a world today that needs to hear the beauty of the power of the gospel. Galatians chapter one, verses one, uh, verses eleven up to verse twenty-four. Just follow me with, with, with your versions. Well, I wasn't able to put it there, but anyway, let me just read from Galatians chapter one. Verse 11 up to verse 24. Just follow me as I read this. It says, For I would have n- you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not men's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Boy, remember that so clearly. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God. Violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism because many of my own aids among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Verse 18. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the the Lord's brother. In what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said. He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. What a testimony. If God can change Paul, Saul to Paul, God can reach out to anyone. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray, help me, Lord, to give your message with clarity and boldness that as a church, as we celebrate our ninth anniversary, Lord, we, sh- we can thank God for when we look around our tables around this place, we can see the evidences of God's grace in the lives of people. I pray, Lord, help us not to forget the beauty of faith and grace in Christ alone and what he can do in a person who's willing to respond to that great offer of life. Help me, the Lord, as I even give you word today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, let me just give you a little bit back on Apostle Paul. Maybe some of you are wondering why it was it so important for us to check on Apostle Paul. The most popular person in the Bible next to the Lord Jesus Christ is Apostle Paul. Not because he was such a proud guy. But notice in the New Testament, there were so many books written by the Apostle Paul. Lots of things were said about him. As a matter of fact, when it comes to conversion, how he got changed, he has been mentioned four times in scriptures. In other words, you hear the conversion about the people, but Paul, four times, it was repeated. You see it in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 22, Acts chapter 26, and now Galatians. Why so many places? Because God knew that if he could use this person and God can change him, it becomes a testimony of the power of the gospel. What else? Let's look at his background. He was a persecutor. Somebody called him the Terminator. I like, I like one message. It says, how God can change a terrorist into an evangelist. Have you noticed what's happening in the Middle East today? How Christians are being executed? They're asking you, will you convert? Or die. But Paul, Apostle Paul, he was like that. Not only that, he would knock at people's door and out. hey, are you a Christian? <laughs> you know, if you're a Christian, he would really persecute you and hunt each one. In other words, he was, he was a persecutor. He came from a Jewish background. He knew the Jewish law so well. He studied. He was a Pharisee. What else? He knew the Greek culture. He was a philosopher. He was well-learned. You want to discuss things with him? Notice how he how he writ, written the epistles? Very scholastic as a person. He was a Roman citizen. So he had status. What else? He was skilled in theology. He was trained in the Jewish traditions. He knew, he knew the, the traditions in and out. By the way, he was also a tent maker. He, he had a trade. What else? God gave him such a zeal that when you look at his life, if he got changed, only God can do this. So I want you to notice in Galatians chapter 1, a couple of truths here, starting from verse 11. For said, now I want you to know, brethren, that the gospel that came from, uh, from, from what Paul preached is that based on human thought. See, people are questioning, why would you believe in Apostle Paul? Why would you believe in him? He's only a human being. As a matter of fact, He's not one of the apostles. He was not with Jesus Christ. Why would you believe in him? Should I take his word as gospel, as truth? They were questioning his authority. They were even questioning what he was saying, but not what he said. What I'm sharing with you is not based on human thought. Said I didn't put this together. The gospel that I'm writing about, what has been shared to you, is the next part here. Is a Revelation from Jesus Christ. Two truths. If this is God's word, it must be true. If Apostle Paul was used by God like other other prophets, then you and I need to make sure that what we have here is truth or not. If not, then it's questionable. So that's why right now he puts a defense on why he needs to be accepted that everything he shared is from, from the Lord. So what does he do right now? He says. You want a proof that what I'm talking to you is really real? Let me give you my testimony. Brethren, if you want to know if a group is real or not, ask them the testimony. If what you're saying is true, tell me your story. You will know if the story fits or not. Your story should be a story of who you are and you will find whether there's consistency or not. So he shares his story. And I want you to think how God changed his life. Notice what he says. For you heard of my former way of life. Now brethren, what's nice about this, this needs to become your testimony and mine. He talks about his life before Christ. He's going to share how he came to know Christ and afterwards, what is the change? Remember when he said I give the testimony before I came to know the Lord? How I came to know the Lord? What is the Folks, that needs to be a testimony. So now let's, it says, I want you to know, look at my testimony. And by the way, every one of us has a testimony. And it depends on what that timeline looks like. So Apostle Paul said, I want you to look at my, my life, my past. He says, I was a person who was really involved in Judaism. He was legalistic. He was a zealot. He was a bigot. All right? Whatever, like he was a terminator. If you like, he was, you know, he would make sure that what he was doing, he was okay. In other words, he was saying, "Guys, I really like what I was doing. I was having fun killing all these Christians. My life says I persecuted God's church." Yeah, let, let's look at that verse. Look at Acts chapter eight, verse one to verse three. Remember, his name was Saul before he became Paul. He was Saul. Let me just give you a, a, a glimpse of what he was before he came to know the Lord. He, he po- agreed in putting him to death. On that day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all the apostles were scared. In other words, a lot of people were scared. They were being persecuted. Devout men buried Stephen. By the way, Paul was there. He even gave approval. I want you to see what he was saying here. Look at this verse here. Saul However, he was ravaging the church. He would enter house to house, drag off men and women, and put them in prison. You find that zeal? He really had fun, man. He was on fire for believing that his faith as a Judaizer, the traditions they believe, was very important. That's what he did. Look at Acts chapter 9. Even this is even worse. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing threats. And murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and says, Hey, high priest, just give me the letter. I'm gonna take get rid of all these Christians. Because what he believed was true is that as being a Judaizer following all these traditions, that was the most important thing. You see the word breathing here? That comes from the board. Have you ever seen somebody who's really angry? Like it comes from his nose. That's the word breathing. He must he was like. Huffing and huffing so angry to the point it says you know it makes you feel like he was just bursting with anger. You find a person enraged, that was him. He was so zealous. And notice what he is, and he requested leaders to the synagogue so that if he found any man, he found any man or woman who belonged to the to the way, what would he do? He would kill them, persecute them. And then you hear Galatians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Note what it says. You know my former life? I was like that. I persecuted people. Now I want you to notice what said here. I tried to destroy. The word persecute here and destroy. He kept on doing it. If you go to the, the tense for this verse, he not only does it once, he, he do, does it over and over and over and over again. Not only that, he really enjoyed destroying it. He was so passionate about what he was doing. I want you to notice another statement here. I advance in Judaism. He says about being religious. He says, by the way, being a religious Judaizer, I'm way up there. You compare me with all the other Pharisees. I am the Pharisees of the Pharisees. Among the religious people, put me way up there. Notice what he says. I went beyond my contemporaries. You talk about a person who is really on fire for what I was doing? I was there. Notice what it says here. Among my people, because I was extremely what? Zealous for traditions of my ancestors. You have to remember the Jewish people had their own practice. They practiced the Torah, right? But there was something else beyond this called halakha. In other words, these were little things that they added to that. He was even more zealous about those things added to the Torah. If you don't do this, he would punish you. He knew more than all these people in the past. Now guys, brothers and sisters, Paul or Saul, he was not seeking for the Lord Jesus Christ. When you ask him, he was already okay. He got prestige. He got religion. He got all these things when you compare him. In other words, he wasn't seeking for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why would he? He was so zealous he thought that the rain had everything. Why would I want Christ? That's what he's saying. Hey guys, just leave me alone. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm religious. I got it. I got it made. I know what I'm doing. That is who he was before he came to the Lord. But I want you to notice the next statement here. This is so critical here. But when God Hear the word there, but when God? But when God steps into his life, God starts to change him. In other words, notice the second statement here says, from birth, God already saw who I was. Not only that, he called me and was pleased to reveal his son. What he was saying, gentlemen, if you talk about my past life, I wouldn't even become the person you want to be becoming an apostle of Christ. No, I was not that way. But God steps in. In other words, Lord, if you look at my life, can God still change my life? Can God step in? It says, but when God stepped into his life, God was willing to take hold of the life of Apostle Paul. I want you to notice carefully this carefully statement here. When God set him apart. Friends, you and I are not in church because you took the first step. You're not religious today and wanting to become a, a believer because you just wanted God. It was telling us God pursued us first before we pursued Him. In other words, even before Apostle Paul came to this world, God says, "All right, Paul, I already chose you. As a matter of fact, I am ready to go and allow you to go all these things because I am calling you. And one of these days you will go, you're going to respond to my love." What is he saying? Gentlemen, if you and I are dead people in our sins, a dead person doesn't, re- doesn't respond, right? Have you seen a dead person? I think I told the story. You know, I'm, I'm afraid of dead people when I was growing up because I was afraid of death. You know, every time I'd go to the, the, the casket, like, right? I don't know. There's something about dead people, right? And sometimes you have all these stories about dead people, right? But have you ever seen a dead person? I think I already saw the story. Somebody was wanting to make sure the person was dead. I think they shared the story about that. There was this guy who worked in a funeral, the funeral place. And he was a, you know, he just wanted to make sure the person was dead. So so he saw this, you know, everybody went out after the viewing. He saw the, the the casket right there. It still had some light. He was supposed to turn off the light. So so he's supposed to turn it off. So what he did is he decided to crawl. And you know, without thinking sure that the, the casket, the person inside wouldn't see him, he 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 was calling right to where the casket was, and then he went right up to where the casket, and, and as soon as he could almost see the person, he went, "Boo!" <laughs> you know what he said? It didn't move. Why? It's dead, folks. You and I were dead in sin. You will not respond to God. Have you noticed this? God had to respond to us saying, let me make you alive so that you will respond to my love. That's what he did with the Apostle Paul. He says, when I was still in my mother's womb, God already started to work in my life. He was preparing me. Because if I was given in my way, I would never turn to God. Young people, parents, you and I can never change our children until God really reaches out to them makes them understand they need the Lord Jesus Christ. You may give them all kinds of religion, but religion is still based upon their performance. They can never make it. We cannot make it. Notice the next statement here. God decided to reveal his son in me. And so as a result of this, what happens? That I could preach him among the Gentiles. And by the way, he says, I did not consult anybody. He didn't ask anybody about this. God dealt with him. What is so important about this? In the book of Acts chapter 9, Paul was telling us his encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in Acts chapter 9? He was heading to the place where he would persecute the Christians. That was his plan. He had, he had company. He was on the road to Damascus, right? And right then and then, God deals with him. What happens? There's this lightning. He gets blinded. And he hears this voice says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know what guys did? I like, I like, I like what God would do. do if I sometimes I watch this cops television, right? What you gonna do, right? They, they, take this guy, right? Because they're so tough, right? I just can feel like here's Saul. He's so tough. He doesn't care about God, and God takes a hold of him. Says, He takes him and he, he, he pushes him to the ground. When? Why are you persecuting me? Right? You can see Saul. Uh, you know, if you read Acts chapter 22, he starts to relate. He says, it says, Lord, what do you want me to do, Lord? <laughs> In other words, God took a hold of him. He says, Saul, you're persecuting me. Bam. What do you want me to do, Lord? In other words, God had to take a hold of the life of Saul. And friends, God many times has to take hold of our life. Many times He's going to shake you to the point to say, stop. Stop resisting me. I have been reaching out to you. You better listen. And so He pushed Him to the ground and says, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And He was willing to change. Right there, He encountered the resurrected Christ. What was important about that story? What makes an apostle an apostle? There were only 12 apostles in the Bible, right? In Matthew chapter 10, who were they? These were the 12 disciples. These were the people that Christ selected. Was Saul a part of the 12? No. He wasn't there, right? In other words, to be an apostle, you have shouldn't encounter Christ. God has given you the authority to go out. And so he was not there. So people say, why do? You, why should we listen to you? Because God spoke to the apostles. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they studied apostles' teaching and doctrine. God used men, because we didn't have the New Testament then. But God would use the apostles to speak the word of God. God revealed himself to them. So why would I listen to Apostle Paul? This is where Paul says, by the way, I also encountered Christ. My being apostle did not come from the other apostles. I was not taught by the other apostles. Who called me? the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus took a hold of me and says, Paul, I want you to go preach to the Gentiles. Who made it an apostle? It's God. Remember the verse I said here? It was God who gave it to him. And therefore the word of God needs to be understood. This is not Paul's word. This was the word of God spoken to Apostle Paul. Because God set him apart, he gave the words and he was inspired and therefore he has the authority to speak from God. That's what he was saying. He was telling those guys, oh, let me, let, let me go further far, from here. He says, notice this. He says, I did not go to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles. In other words, he says, hey, I didn't go to the apostles so they will teach me, so whatever I learned from them, that's what I will tell them as gospel. No, he says, I didn't go to them. In other words, he's saying, by the way, you think I need to get the blessing of the apostles there? No. I got my revelation from whom? Once again, it was the Son of God who revealed it to to Apostle Paul. You better keep that in mind because this will give you a a chance to appreciate what we have here. Notice what he says. Then I went to Arabia. Somewhere in uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Jordan, and part of uh, Syria. That's where he went. He went there for, for a certain period of time. Then after three years, what did he do there? I believe God continued to speak to him and reveal things to him, because he had so much he knew about the Lord. He started started the Christian faith. He knew them. He was persecuting them. But God used all this information and spoke to them, and he learned. And then afterwards, he came back to Jerusalem to meet with whom? Who is Siphas? That's Peter. He stayed with Peter for 15 days. They think that he got his authority from Peter. No. He got his authority as an apostle from whom? From God. God chose it and revealed it to him. And then I didn't see any other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. He said, hey, I went to these people, but I didn't get my authority from them. I didn't take the gospel from them, but I got the gospel that was revealed to me by God through his Holy Spirit. And then he said, "What's folks? I'm not lying. God is my witness. Because if he said something that was against the gospel, it will be cursed to him by God. God took hold of him and says, and he could not resist that. God took hold of him and you and I can say, no. And afterwards, afterwards, I went to the other places to preach, and I remained personally unknown. Hindi shakilala. He was not popular among the Christian church because he was so well. What was he popular about? That's right. Remember Ananias? It's so funny when you read Acts chapter nine. You know when he was blind, he was brought you know brought to uh, the Lord spoke to Ananias. Ananias, I want you to go to this guy named Saul. Saul, the guy who kills people. You want me to go to him? He was scared, folks. Just the name of Saul made people scared. But Ananias went because God told him, and you know the source says the the, the scales from Paul's eyes was removed, and God used him. But then I want you to notice the third part here. He who formerly persecuted the churches preaches the faith. Oh, you talk about life change? That's what life change happens. Notice what happens to a person when he comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. His attitude towards other believers changed. He went to Jerusalem, the people that he persecuted. He was willing to go to them. And tell them, look, the gospel that I was trying to destroy, the church I tried to kill, guys, God changed my life. It was hard for them to be. They were all scared of him. But it shows how much he was willing to meet with the apostles. What else? His attitude towards the truth. He truly believed in the word of God. It was truth. And he says, I'm not lying. This is God's word. And I'm willing to stand up for that because God revealed it to me. But then I want you to notice his attitude towards the gospel. The very thing that he resisted is now the very thing that he preaches. Folks, if your faith is not real, you won't be sharing it. If this gospel you're talking about now is not life-changing, you won't tell people about the Lord. But if God has changed your life, that needs to be the proof to say, I need to point you to Christ. Because he changed my life, he can change your life. So in closing, you like this, right? In summary. I want you to remember these points here. Because, oh, there's so much here. Please remember these very important points. Number one, the gospel comes from whom? That's from God. This gospel that are preaching is not man-made. If this is just a thought that people made, then I won't believe this. But because it's so beautiful, only God can reveal this even to Paul and the apostles. It should be truth for you and for me. It comes from God. It's not just a philosophy to put up together. What else? Conversion or being born of God is an act of God alone. If God is going to change a person today, because God is the only one who changed you and me. No one of us could have changed Paul. Saul to Paul. No. None of us could even change if we're just going to go our own way. Listen to some of the testimonies. Hey, before I came to the Lord, I was like this. But then God took a hold of my life. You'll hear that story over and over again. Third, God can change even the worst of sinners. You think if God could have taken hold of uh, Osama bin Laden? He probably could, right? Think about a worse person in your job, in your home, in your relatives, friends. Think about the worst person you can ever think of. Can you think of that person right now? Maybe the person that bullied you in school, all right? You want that person even to be cursed, right? Can God save that person? He shook sure can. If God can save a person like Apostle Paul, what else? No one is beyond the reach of God. Never give up on your friends, your relatives, your neighbors, out people out there, job. Let's not give up on them. Why? Because God has never given up on anyone. He's not willing that anyone should perish. And therefore, we should really ask ourselves, is the gospel really powerful enough that can save anyone? It's for all. God is no respecter of person. And so in closing, here's my, my question for you this, this time as we close. Have you ever been converted? Have you ever been changed? If there's no change in your life, it could be that you're still on a performance-based relationship with God. You think that you can change yourself by doing so many traditions, rituals, legalism. None of this can change you, folks. If you're waiting for that person to change because they have to become good in order to come to church, it doesn't work that way. You can only be changed when Christ steps into our lives and he sets us apart and he changes us. What else? What is your conversion story? What is there to prove that you've been changed? And therefore, if there's no change in our life, maybe there's a big question mark. Maybe you haven't really experienced the resurrected Christ loving you, dying for his sins, and changing you. Because that's what he did with Apostle Paul. He can change you. Third, if you know it so well, with whom have you shared your testimony? Church, when the Lord changed Saul to Paul, the very same gospel that he persecuted the people with as a Terminator, he now started to love people and share the gospel with others. So who have you shared your testimony with? If you haven't done your testimony sharing, it means your faith is not that real that you want to share with others. But if it's so real and you see the power of the gospel of God, you say, I can't keep this to myself. I realize that my loved ones, my friends who are religious people, if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, they will die in their sins. Because your legalism, your rituals, your traditions cannot save us, folks. The gospel tells us only Christ alone can save us. And that's only by faith and grace that you say, oh Lord, the Lord, is a gift. I take it. I know I'm changed because I've experienced this. Not because I have to change in order to receive that gift. And lastly, who are you praying for right now? That God will be able to save and to reach out. Church, if we just hear next year, our anniversary, the 10th year, I'm going to challenge everybody here right now. If you're still here next year and you haven't shared your testimony with other people, and we're still the same people after 10 after another th- year, then maybe we're not convinced about the gospel. It's life-changing. The business of our church is go and make disciples of all people. So if it's just about us, this becomes a club. The church is not a club. The church is a place where we say to people, you know, this is a place where it is for sinners that God can save and change. It is not just for people who have been just light, nice looking and they look like us. No. It's for people like you and me who are sinful. So we're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to close. And afterwards we're going to call the young people to give us a challenge right now. Let's pray. Let we'll your heads bowed and rise to close. The f- question that I would like to share with you this morning, this evening, this afternoon, is have you experienced what it means to be converted, to be changed by God from a sinner to somebody that has been saved by the Lord? If you've just been coming to church year after year and doing things because you were taught as a child, you know, there's nothing wrong about that. But it becomes a problem. If all that you know is traditions, but not be able to apply what the Bible tells us about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us we're all sinners and we need a Savior. And if you've been trusting on your own good works and your traditions, we know that it's not going to save us today. So will you please settle this issue once and for all? And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And and God has been reaching out to you. He's been preparing you. He's bringing to this point right now that you need to make the decision. Then let me offer that to you because the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you right now. If you haven't yet turned your life over to the Lord, you can say a simple prayer that goes like this. God, I realize that I am a sinner. That I have been doing things my own way. I realize it's not by my good works by my traditions, by my rituals, that I will find approval from you. All of this is a gift from you. So today, Lord, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus, thank you for reaching out to me today. I accept that I am a sinner, that I can save myself. And now I accept the gift that you offer me through your Son. Jesus, come into my life. Give me the assurance that you have forgiven me from my sins. I confess to the Lord. And I receive you as my Savior to save me. And as the Lord of my life to take full control of my life. I am all yours, Lord, today. And I thank you for this gift that I don't deserve. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Of knowing that I am secured because of you. I love you, Lord. And I pray that even today, that I am truly, Lord, your child, and that nobody can take this away from me. I thank you, Lord, and I love you. If you pray the prayer today, the Bible has promised. You receiving. You're going to become his child. And today, you are, have been passed from death of our sins into life. You can now appropriate that in your life. And may God continue to change us to become more like him. If you're a Christian here today and you accepted the Lord, you need to pray for somebody that needs to know the message of Christ. May God use your testimony like the Apostle Paul to share it with others. Would you please pray for somebody where God can use you to share this testimony of yours? Would you pray that the gospel will also be shared with them? That God would prepare their hearts the way that he has prepared you and reach out to you. Whoever God puts into your mind right now, it may be your children, loved ones, friends, neighbors, office mates, people that you meet often. If God brings somebody to your mind today, would you please pray for that person? That God's love will reach out to them. God can reach anyone. God can change anyone. Because if He can change you, He can also change others. As Lord, we commit to you all these people that we're praying for right now. Help us as a church, Lord, to be able to fulfill our purpose. And thank you, Lord, for bringing us to GGCF and for using people, the Lord, who are willing to love us as well so we can hear the gospel about Jesus Christ. Continue, Lord, to use this church that you would be glorified as we go and make disciples of all people that they to the Lord will become followers of yours. Thank you for the life of Apostle Paul, how you changed him Thank you, Lord, that You're also going to use us, the Lord, that even through our lives we can be a blessing to others. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's please look at this. Uh, from the young, the youth are going to challenge right now. That the preteens have a message for us.